Ah, we're back outside today. Oh yeah. In our outdoor nice. studio here. And it, it's a tree special, almost fell on us. It's yeah. a, that tree did not almost fall on us. It was close. It, it's a special day for uh, fans day. of the New York Metropolitans. Big day, Joe Panic. Let's go. Well, I was going, Joe Panic or not, this would have been a big day. Yeah. You start what is it a three game set with? Yeah, the three game set with the Nationals, and then we go Atlanta right after that, which is away. So that's going to be a tough one. Here's how the NL wild card is currently shaped out. The first wild card held by the Washington Nationals with a 61 and 53 record. Second, Milwaukee with a 60 and 56 record. Then, three teams a half game out. Oh yeah. On tiebreakers, that first team is the St. Louis Cardinals at 58 and 55. That second team is the New York Mets. Let's fucking go. At 59 and 56. 9 and 1 in their last 10. Oh, yeah. It's insane. And then the third team a half game out is the Philadelphia Phillies. Fuck those scumbags. With f- at f- wow, at 4 and 6 in the last 10. 59 and 56 this season. Same record as the New York Mets. But they've lost three straight, whereas the Mets have won six straight. About to be seven, baby. And Stroman. Then, and then Arizona's a game and a half out at 58 and 57. I really thought San Francisco was going to make a run, and they just fucking yeah, they're they dropped the ball big time. Three games out. Well, you know, it's still, still 50 games left. 40 no, games yeah. Out. It's close. But it's a, it's a long road for the Giants. I think they have a harder schedule than us at the moment. All right. Stroman. Stroman, baby. Let's go. Strasburg. It's going to be a good night. We've hit Strasburg very well this year. Okay. Very well this year. You know what? I'll, I'll, I'll bring the up man, stats to The like, man doesn't that. lose at City Field, though. Who? Strasburg. Strasburg, yeah. It's going to be a close-knit game. But it, you got Stroman opening night, or not opening night, but first game in City Field. It's going to be banging. There's going to be a, almost a sold-out crowd. He's going to fucking light it up, and I know that for a fact. I have a question. Why aren't you there? Because uh, I'm going down the down the shore with my family this uh, week. I have to drive with my sister. I would have been. I I'm, I would have bought tickets. Literally, it was fifteen dollars tonight. Fifteen dollars. <laughs> Good to see the ticket prices reflecting how the team's doing. Hey, once they turn it, once they get over five hundred, a couple of games, and then it'll. Spot Imagine up. you would have bought that ticket plan. You know what ticket plan I'm talking about. No, yeah, no, I, I was going to, but... It would have paid out so much now, because they're so good. Yeah, but I there were a lot of games this month where, like, I, there was a week in Canada where I wasn't going to be able to go. A week this this week here, I wasn't going to be able to go. And then I move over to school. So it would have been tough. It would have yeah. been a, kind of a waste of money for me. But if they're in the wild card, I'm buying a ticket the first day I know. So, I don't care how much it is. They, they came out with that schedule, didn't they? The MLB playoff schedule. Well, yeah, but well, once I know the Mets are going to be in the wild card, well, okay, I will wait. be buying a ticket. Now, would you be buying a ticket for the wild card game, or let's say there's a game 163 to get into the wild card game? I'd be going to both. Let's say you and the Phillies are tied for that last wild card spot. I could go to either game because yeah, I'd, be, be, I'd be down by Philly. I, I would get a ticket in a heartbeat. There's no doubt about now, it. Now, it would suck if they played the te- if it was like against a team like San Francisco for that spot. No, I agree. Because then they're gonna fly out there, or they gotta fly out here, and that'd be tough. Yeah. Well, I, and and you know we played San Francisco a couple of years ago after the 2015 World Series run in San Francisco, I believe. Oh wait, no, we might have been home actually. But I, I I feel like it'll be. You're hoping for that home wild card game at City Field. I am yes, because well, if we're playing Washington, I feel like we could win that. San Francisco could be another story. All right, what about Milwaukee or Washington? Milwaukee hasn't been that well, great this be, year. It's going to be. It could you're go three games. You're two and a half games behind that top spot. Yeah. 
And if we if we sweep or at least take two out of three from Washington, we could either be in first or second place just behind them, maybe tied. So I, I, I could see it. There's a lot of games left. We have a lot of tough teams that we got to play first. But we beat the Dodgers earlier in the year. The bullpen just blew it late in the game. Uh, we had three out of four out of that series. It was it was, it was there in our hands, and, and we gave it up. But we have the best bullpen since the All-Star break, so I, I have faith in them. Big playoff day today because every team in Major League Baseball is active today. Yeah. All 30 teams play, and uh, at the top of the NL wildcard race, Washington's got the Mets. Of course, they're in New York at City Field. Mm-hmm. We got Milwaukee taking on Texas, and St. Louis we taking on Pittsburgh. Philadelphia has San Fran and San Fran. And you know it's real, uh, for at least for Met fans, you know it's real when ESPN moves a Sunday Dodgers-Mets game from 1 o'clock to the primetime 8 o'clock game. got a night game, game, huh? Yes, we did. Was so we're on. Week? It's, I think it's next week or the week after. I'm Ugh. not too sure. But I know they moved us from the day game to a night game because they want everybody to see how fucking awesome we are. You got McNeil and Rosario and Conforto and Alonzo fucking killing it right now. Even J.D. Davis, too. He's been hitting bombs. He's got actually historic numbers at City Field. Uh, I forgot exactly. I, I, his average is like almost 500 at City Field, which I think Houston gave up on him very fast, and I'm sure they're regretting it. No team has been eliminated mathematically from the playoff race yet. Yeah, so no. those Oriole fans really hoping for a run there. Same oh, with those yeah. Detroit Tiger fans being 30 games out of uh, the wild card spot. 30 games. Yeah, 30. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Right now, the Baltimore Orioles are, I believe, 38 games out of the division lead. Okay. That's uh, They're 37 and a half games yeah. out of the division lead. They've won 38 games this year. That's wild. Good for them. <laughs> No, not good for them. They oh. suck. It's too bad. Boston yeah. plays them this weekend too, so maybe they'll scrap Ball, some yeah, wins Boston away. Boston five and a half out of a. They need. Spot. They need to step it up. But the Orioles have played Boston tough this year. No, they I feel have. Like the I feel like Boston, those Orioles wins. Besides this past three game series of the Yankees, I feel like they've played the Yankees pretty well too. They haven't beaten the Yankees this year. Really? No. I know they had a lot the of Yankees home have also hit like 52 home runs. Yeah, against something like that. Yankees still have another four-game set against them oh, at so Yankee the, Stadium. I guess that's another sweep. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> well, the way the season's going, yeah. I'm liking Joe Bichette. Uh, no, Bo, Bo Bichette. Bichette. He's a monster, yeah, honestly. He's proven himself right now. I want to see him play so bad when we were up in Canada. They called him up the day the after. The day after. I was, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, Tony's probably pissed right now. Last night was his first game at the Rogers Center. He, he had, had a bomb. Yeah, look, he, I think he had four RBIs, three yeah. RBIs. He had a two-run home run. Dude, he, he's going to be good. And I think the Toronto long-term within five years could be Between scary. Biggio, Bichette, Guerrero Anthony Jr., Kay, Anthony K. Anthony uh, Whoever I forgot the other guy's name down in single A that we traded with that. Uh, I think we gave them a reliever as well. But yeah. I, I could be wrong. Our relievers suck. It doesn't yeah. really matter. What are you going to do? But down the road, they're, they're definitely going to be scary. They're going to be better than they are now. Yeah, for sure. They got bats. Oh, They, they got bats that are going to work in this league for years yes, to come. Yes, they do. Yes, they baseball do. Baseball might be back soon in Canada. I have a question for you, though. Good baseball. Okay, well. Are you superstitious at all? Uh, any teams? Devils? Like, whatever. Do you, do you have anything that... Uh, I wear my jersey on game day yeah. uh, for Giants. Is it the same jersey? or Gi- It depends if they're winning or losing. Okay. You got those devil socks that you I wear? I do. I do have those devil socks I wear. But when I go to I when I when go to Devils games, I'll wear the jersey to the game. Yeah. And then when they lose, I'll switch the jersey. Because I have a, a, to a, different one. a unique situation. But every every Sunday, Giants, it's usually my straight-hand jersey. Strand. Okay. 
and then just my one, 2007 NFC Championship uh, shirt. Jer- oh, shirt. Yeah. Okay. Because a week before Canada, I decided I wasn't going to shave. Oh, no. Since that day, the Mets are 17-5. and five. So at this point today and on to the rest of the season, I will not be shaving my face. So you're the reason. I, I am the reason. Well, John hasn't watched a game since the All-Star break. John's <laughs> part of it, too. You know, John not watching a game really helps us out, too. These are the real heroes. Yeah. Hey, man, we come out of the darkness to, to you know, help everybody out. <laughs> but I just wanted to declare it that if they win the World Series, it's because of my beard. Now Antonio Brown might retire. What? Breaking news, Antonio Brown might retire. That's so this ridiculous. is this is a developing story as we just Breaking news. got on here today. Yeah. Antonio Brown is filed with the league to wear a certain type of helmet, and he told the Raiders he would not play football again unless he gets to wear that helmet. This is so Raiders, it hurts. Oh, this yeah. is going to be so great I can't on wait. Oh, yeah, I can't wait to see oh, this. Oh, my God. Breaking. Antonio I, Brown this has is retired. the <laughs> exact reason why the Raiders o- owner and... I, I, I always how John Gruden didn't want to be on hard. How smart yeah. do the Steelers look right now? Amazing! Oh, Real they smart. they look like freaking Albert Einstein. All right, like they they shipped off the running back, which we don't know how he'll do yet. He didn't play at all. He last did. Yeah, he didn't play. But Antonio Brown definitely not looking good, and nope. the fact that he went into a cryotherapy machine I mean, without the pro like, with a fucked up feet like that. It out. Oh, I know. Feet He's just frostbitten. it goes from the feet to now his helmet. He needs to figure it out. He really does. Yeah, How could, uh, and and what sucks is that they're going to be paying him for so long now. Yeah, I know. It, it it's fr- it's just it's, it's stupid. For him he's more of an asshole. Like he, he the first episode of Hard Knocks made him look like the good guy leaving Pittsburgh. Made him look like he was changed. Yeah, that no, obviously not the same case. Shit it's the same shit different day like he's saying. How, how I don't know. It just blows my mind how you wouldn't want to play you're, play, you're being paid all this money. You don't want to play. I mean, he could be one of the best receivers. Yeah. he. I mean, all time. All, yeah, he, if could he, be, he could be up there as one of the names. I'm, top uh, ten. What are, you, what are your chances he plays this year, Tony? After hearing this, mm. I still believe he's going to play. Yeah? Yes. I, uh, you know I why? can't wait. That paycheck. <laughs> yeah. He, he retires, he don't get that paycheck. He don't get that weekly check. That's true. 70-30. And how much has he been getting paid from the Steelers the last couple of years? I can't believe it's... I don't think it's been that much. And then the Raiders gave him a raise. Yeah. When he went there. So. Yeah, who knows, So he's not getting paid. The Raiders looking like a dumpster fire again. Last night we got our first real taste of Daniel NFL Jones. preseason. Five yeah. Week one. Five. Week one last night of the NFL preseason. I say it was a good day of preseason. You know, as much as I don't like watching preseason, a lot of the guys that... You know, a lot of the rookies that Giants had first couple of drives, they looked real good. Yeah. Daniel, Conley. Jones, Daniel Jones, 5'5", five, five, 67 yards. Yeah. Touchdown. Touchdown. Perfect passer rating. That the Jets' was a, offense looked real good going through the Giants' starters. It did, that yeah. first drive down the field. That was a quick drive, too. That was yeah. like a minute or two-minute drive. The Jets need a new kicker. Do they? Oh, what happened to the kicker? They missed two extra points. Did he? Okay. Yeah. I didn't see that. It was bad. Uh, Jermaine Curse of the Detroit Lions out for the season with a fractured leg. Oh, I did not hear Probably that. out for the season. Yeah. He also... Tweaked his ankle. <laughs> that seems like a very minor point of that injury. Yeah. There have been a few injuries. There's also one Kiki on Kiki Kute, yeah, non-contact him. injury went down. Non-contact? What? Uh, this is knee this planted. And oh, okay. This is the first week of preseason, and we already had We big, get this every year. Yeah. Kyler I, Murray. He looked good. Looked pretty good for Arizona. He did. I, I'm excited to see how he does. Dwayne Haskins struggled a bit. Two picks. 
Oh, did he have two picks? Yeah, he did have a couple passes. of nice throws, though. Yeah. His first pass was like a 40-yarder down it's the field. It's week one of the preseason. None of this matters. Yeah, no. They no. haven't played since, you know, whatever bowl game they were in, if they even played in that bowl game. Uh, and even uh, yeah. probably, what, the the senior bowl or something they do after? Yeah, yeah. That's about it. And yeah, they're still gelling, you know. They, they're learning all these new plays. It's and August 9th. Yeah, no. <laughs> I was about to say 8th. I had to look that up. <laughs> Oh my God! And we're acting like it's week six. No, I know of the regular season. Well, everybody's still. This is why everybody complains about you know wanting to have preseason cut in half. I don't think that should. Well, every good. year it's the same thing. Somebody gets hurt. Yeah. Sure, Jermaine Curse hasn't been that big of a name yet. No. And Jermaine Curse is kind of a big name, but he's kind of like three years ago big name. Mm. Yeah. But like, let's say it's still a, a big say a starting quarterback gets hurt, and then we're gonna be somebody's gonna be oh. screaming for the two-game preseason. How do you like feel about uh, the uh, pass interference reviews? I feel like it, they will happen way too much. Well, we yeah. had they were a lot. The situation where it's always gonna happen. That's on a hail mary at the end of the first quarter. Yeah, or at the end of the first half, because there's always pass interference oh, sure. on those plays. And then there was a play that I was watching in the Giants game yesterday with the Jets, where you know he just. Barely grabbed his wrist, but that is pass interference. It is, yeah. but at a certain point, you gotta let him play. When you're starting to pick every little piece of it apart in slow motion, that was the Corey Ballantyne pass interference. Yeah. Corey Ballantyne had a good game last night. Had a pick. No, oh, yeah, he for did, a yeah. sixth round pick, stepped in there and played he a did. real good game. But you know, I don't know. I I just think you. Can, We're gonna see it. Eh. I just don't want to see it. Like it's gonna slow down the game. One and two, you're gonna have a bunch of big plays that like. In the eyes of an umpire, I, at the time, won't be in the pass interference. It in, has to be blatant. In my opinion, this isn't going to last. No. I believe there's going to be a time where all these pass interference reviews are going to come down from a higher-up official. That's what I think it should be. And not been. just on a challenge. Yeah, it shouldn't be the coach because they're going to keep – how many do they get? Do you know that? Probably two. Two? Same amount of challenges you get. Well, no, you get three. Oh, uh, well, yeah, two. But it's probably going to be like – So then you get four I challenges? I last night while watching. No, no, it's probably just, it probably falls into like – the scale of a regular challenge. I asked Tom last oh. night, can you challenge offensive pass interference? And if so, how many times do we see a pick play on offense that's a not called offensive pass, pass interference? Yeah. yeah. There's pass interference on like most plays. What if it's pass interference away from the ball? Well, and a lot of times it's just them f- hand fighting down the field. And th- that's what I mean by letting them play yeah. is, you know, you got to play the game and you got to be kind of physical. Well, that play was legal until Corey Ballantyne grabbed. It I, was I for know, a split second. It, it might have been Jameson Crowder's wrist. Yeah. I, it wasn't like... Uh, it was I mean, enough to keep him from going up for the ball. For sure. But I, I still think we're going to see way too much of this. It's going to be... People are going to go... Head coaches are going to just overutilize it. Yeah. They're going to waste the power. And it's eventually... I think two years, and then we see it from a higher just from, up. From yeah, from the box, yeah. It's, it's going to be gone. I think it's going to be gone after this year. It's just going to be every single game we're going to see this now. Yeah. And you know, I mean, I didn't. I only the only game I watched was the Giants get Jets game, but I'm sure it was the same in every other game. I mean, I guess it is first week of preseason. They're just trying to see how it works, and you know, try, put their hand out and see what uh what happens. You know, and what if we get like a review that takes like five minutes, just slows down the game even more? That's what I think is going to happen sometimes. You like, know, everybody like, complains about the baseball uh, challenges taking too long, which they do sometimes. But you know, you got to be perfect with it. But this is just going to stop the game, yeah. and players are going to be standing around for like 10, 15 minutes just to see, you know, if it's either a 40-yard penalty down the field, which, I don't know, I think that's ridiculous, too. It should be like a 25-yard penalty at most. That's a spot foul. Yeah. I don't know. But, like, you have to look at I like the college rules with it where, you know, it's just 
Well, they have 15. I think it should be more than 15, but I, I don't like think... like it as a spot foul. You do? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's just when you get a play that, like, you throw it 80 yards down the field and a pass interference, you're on a fourth down. You're a potentially fourth down. at that down. point, the assumption needs to be made that the receiver would have caught that ball if not interfered with. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Or at least had a better chance to catch the to ball get if it. not interfered with. Yeah. So you got to put the ball there. Like, we're going to have a situation, like, with the first at the end of the first half, Hail Mary is going to be ruled, say, incomplete, and they're going to be pass interference challenged on it. And it's going to be five minutes trying to look into a pile of a ton of people just standing there saying, oh, did he grab his wrist? You've seen those plays. You don't have to look very hard to find that. Yeah, do you think if, if, we, if we throw a couple of Aaron Rodgers' uh, Hail Mary There's passes definitely pass interference on it onto, yeah, like, I feel like that's just at a certain point, like if you are in that situation you throw it into the end zone at the end of the game and you catch it, but then a coach calls a flag to review it, I just, I don't yeah, know. I, you, yeah. you made that play. There's, there's going to be a point where it's a waste of time. Yes, for sure. And whether that point comes soon or not, well, yeah, we don't we'll, know. We'll, yeah, we'll be seen, but it's just a waste of time. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and yes, that play in the playoffs last year was flagrant and should have been called. But I, I just think reviewing every little pass interference in a situation is like that, I'm for it. But how many situations like that are there? There's not, not many. A lot. Not many. I think they should, like you said, be from the higher ups, and only when it is so blatantly obvious that it was uh, a pass interference call that then yes, you would review yeah. it. Because how many? Like you, you just throw in these coaches so many more things to think about now in between plays. Like the solution here isn't reviewing pass interference. The solution is to have. Capable refs of calling passes. Exactly. Let the at, at a certain point, let the refs ref. Yeah, like the Saints Rams game. Like someone should have called that. And yes. Now in this situation, a better solution is to have someone higher up looking at it, not being able to. Not yeah. It. The teams looking at it, and, you know, and like I said, it's just going to nitpick at a certain point to every single little play. At one point, it's just it might come to the point where it hurts the league. Yeah, I wouldn't it doubt it. So hey, but we'll, yeah, we'll have to see how it plays out throughout the year. The Jaguars and Lions are in midseason form already. The Patriots beat the Lions last night, thirty-one to three, and the Ravens beat the Jaguars twenty-one, uh, twenty-nine, nothing. The Redskins also lost to the Browns, thirty to ten. Those are the big scores that jump out. That's that's really it. You gotta think though, you know, more games see- tonight. Is there? Yeah. Who's playing tonight? Tampa, Pittsburgh, my, uh, Minnesota, New Orleans. Okay. And that's tomorrow we got Rams, Raiders. Oh, that's going to be a good game. Neps I mean, and Hard Knocks next Tuesday. Oh, it's every Tuesday it comes out? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think so. Ooh. Hmm. So, how do you get frostbitten feet? And how how, do, how doesn't the team like know about it until the absolute last second? How do you go into a cry? How does the team not know you're going into it? Like, well, you know where he did it, right? Where did he do In it? In France. Really? Yes. I'd just let him retire at this point. Yeah. I really would. Because he's not even touched the field yet as uh, on the regular season, and there's so many problems already. Originally, he was even thought he had blistered feet. I don't get how you would confuse the two. Did you see the pictures? They look like blisters. They did, did look they? like blisters, yeah. yeah. Now, uh, I heard a doctor on ESPN say it looks like sta- like like the late stages of frostbite. Yeah. And it could be healed in probably another two to three weeks. Mm-hmm. So he probably would be ready for the regular season. Now we throw this whole helmet thing on top of it. He's scheduled to get $16 million this year. Which just makes no sense, because what's the difference between his helmet? It's probably a lot less safe than what the the league is giving them. I don't know. So I just don't understand the reason. I think it's just, I think it stems behind something else. I really do. Like what? 
I don't know. Maybe him just not wanting to play anymore. I I don't know. Like finding an excuse. To yeah, get out of I this? think he's just trying to find an excuse to you know say fuck it and not look like the bad guy. Oh, Maybe okay. He realize he's a here. Raider. We go. Antonio Brown's preferred helmet is a permitted model, but it's too old to be worn. He wants to use the same helmet he wore in like Pittsburgh. Like, oh, not the same model, but the th- same exact helmet. Yeah, probably just peeling off. Yeah, the paint. just with a different wrap on yes. it. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, does it really matter? It does not. It's it's, a, it's over ten years old. Yeah, they're not no. going to let them play no. with that. No. Are you kidding me? The grace f- period for eleven prohibited helmets has ended, requiring pl- players like Brady to ditch wearing models that were not deemed sufficiently safe. He he. Now this this model's permitted, but it's more than ten years old. Yeah. They won't certify a helmet over ten. The National Operating Committee on Standards of Athletic Equipment. Will not certify a helmet that's more than ten years old, which is understandable. It's a ten-year-old helmet, exactly. Uh, I don't know. He hasn't proven to anybody yet that he could be the guy that can start demanding things like this. Has he been wearing it all the training camp he's been there? He hasn't. I don't. He didn't. Well, no, because he was at off-season workouts. Okay, so maybe he so there's, was. There's video of him in a Raiders jersey running around catching balls. So maybe he was. Maybe he was, and at a certain point, Hard Knocks was there, and all they were getting all this publicity. And the NFL, the saw, NFL it saw it and probably yeah, stepped in. That. Which I, I Listen, just wear the damn helmet. Just, dude. just get paid just get and a, play. Just a new I just helmet. don't understand that. It's a friggin' helmet. Exactly, and it's probably a lot uh, safer. The NFL and would probably be allowed to go into the old helmet, take the padding out, and put it into a new helmet for him. Yeah, that would feel almost exactly the same. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I like I said, know. I just think it's more of an excuse at this point to either not play or to just cut his losses and go. Yeah. All right, so we got a guest coming up. Yes, we do. Uh, former New York Mets player, Johnny I'm, Monell. Yeah. We'll be talking with us today. We're going to ask him about his time in the big leagues and uh, how the Mets are doing this year. Oh, which yeah. has turned a bit in the yeah, last two just weeks, a bit, to say the least. Bit. So now we're going to move to our interview with former Major League Baseball player, Johnny Monell. Johnny Monell, former catcher for the San Francisco Giants and New York Mets, joining us here now on Too Many Men. And, uh, Johnny, we want to thank you so much for coming on with us today. I appreciate you guys having me. Thank you. So uh, you were drafted right out of high school in 2005 by the San Francisco Giants, 27th round. Uh, And I I just want to know, how was, you know, the feeling when you were drafted? And, uh, you know, what was your your mindset uh, the whole time that you were going to go back to school? Um, you know, that's a good question. Uh, you know, we had me, you know, having my dad in my corner, um, having him being, you know, in the game, being involved, having a career that he had, 17 years journeyman, you know, long minor league career, played some overseas ball, and being able to be behind the scenes growing up and seeing him go through you know, his grind and, and you know, his you know, follow his dream and, and try to get to the major league. Um, I learned a lot of things. You know, a lot of learned a lot of things just internally and, you know, coming out of high school we, we value education. Um, we wanted to make sure that we had an opportunity to get school, you know, paid for. So, you know, having seven appearing in college you know, offering us and, and giving us a full scholarship and me going down there to Florida and getting my associate's degree at the same time. Um, you know, it was a blessing, you know, coming out and just being able to have options, especially coming from the inner city of New York uh, for the Bronx. So 
not too many kids get that opportunity. And when they do, they, you, know, you have to take advantage of it and put yourself in the best possible scenario to succeed. So, um, pretty much, you know, you know, just having that in mind, you know, making that decision to go to college, knowing that if I was a late draft pick, I probably won't get that much opportunity than a senior sign or a guy that, you know, the organization had invested money in. Um, so as far as that perspective, we, we understood that and we really, really valued education going into that process coming out of high school. They made it easier after a couple times getting drafted after that my freshman sophomore year. When you were some decisions. When you were drafted uh, out of high school, you said you didn't know if you if you did sign, you said you didn't know if you'd play a lot. When you chose not to sign and instead play ball uh, at Seminole Community College, did you think this opportunity would come up again and be drafted again? No, whether it be well, by the Giants to, again? The, no, I'm sorry to interrupt, but like, yeah, because at the time, at the time, there was that draft process, there was called a draft and follow. So if an event, like if a, a player was to get drafted, a player could go to college and before the following year's draft, they can, a team can also offer a player to sign. No, they don't have that anymore. Okay. It's been years since that rule's changed. So, as far as understanding the rules from college to making that jump, um, we kind of used that in our perspective of what we were going to do as far as just, you know, how we were pivot, whether we were going to sign or, you know, wait for the a new team or a new deal to come onto the table before the draft or allowing that player to enter the draft again. And okay. with the MLB, there you know it's much different than other sports where you know you get drafted, but it could be like two to three years, maybe more, before you even see the majors. How was that you know yeah. road to the major leagues? Was it a real grind or? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's there were some players that you know, I'm sure there's players all out there that you know wish they can get an opportunity right now, biting at the bit. You know, there's some well-deserving players right now in the AAA wondering why they're not getting called up and it's tough and you know you know doing that for you know a couple of years in triple a you know you know it doesn't wear on you but you know you're aware of it you know and yeah you know as far as the day-to-day grind knowing that you, you need to compete and focus but you're also wondering and contemplating whether that phone call to going back to the big leagues to get an opportunity is going to come you're a competitor you want to get back to the top you know, and, and you want to be able to put yourself in a position to do that. And if you're doing those things, if, if a player says he's not aware, he doesn't care, like he's lying to you because you're paying attention. You're paying attention to what the organization is doing. You're paying attention to how things are moving, maneuvering. So it's just a matter of, you know, you can't control those things, you know, those things you can't control. And, you know, you just got to control what you can control and, and go about your business, you know, and like a pro. Just do it, you know? I want to I bring it back with you to uh, September 5th, 2013. You're with the San Francisco Giants. Uh, you're getting your first taste of Major League action against the Arizona Diamondbacks. What is the feeling? What goes through your mind? The, oh, my God. The first time you step into a batter's box. Well, I tell you what, the Bears coach, uh, what's his name? Ron Wotus comes up to me and goes, hey, Mo, um, you're probably going to hit 
if this uh, picture spot's gonna come up, you're gonna take the but I'm like, alright, cool. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, <laughs> but once I got ready, I was getting ready down in the tunnel, getting loose. And then I was getting loose. I was kind of loose already for a couple innings just because I was down there ready to go. Because um, there's no bullpen in San Francisco. It's either in a dugout or you're in the well. So <clears throat> I'm sitting around waiting. You know, all of a sudden my legs get heavy. <laughs> every step that I took from the dugout to the steps, I almost tripped and fell on my face. <laughs> but I pulled somehow pulled it together, and uh, basically, you know, as I got in the on deck circle and I, you know, got took in the moment and just seeing what I was, you know, <laughs> about to do. Um, basically, I just told myself, you know, you're just you're about to do something that you've been waiting to do your entire life. Have fun and go up there and see something and hit it as hard as you can if it's your pitch. <laughs> uh, so that was the approach, and, and obviously with the adrenaline running, once I you know got relaxed and and, and got caught with the moment, and you know kind of just got back to realization and, and you know get back to doing a job. Um, that's pretty much that feeling as far as when you go to the box and then when you get in the on deck circle, you start to get loose and. It just gets back to normal. It's just, it's just, it's like riding a bike, you know. That that first at bat, yeah, you, uh, you flew out to left center. Let's let's go nine days later for you, and you get your first career hit know, against right? the LA Dodgers. How did that yeah. feel? That was awesome, man. We left the trip, and like you said, it was after a nine-day stretch. So you know, you're you're basically chomping at the bit, taking BP every day for those days waiting to get your opportunity and also working your tail off in infield drills or bullpens and at that time of year it's busy um, in, in the clubhouse with that many players involved so you know it's, it's tough but at the same time you know you just got you have a job to do and you just gotta go about it like a pro and, and then you get that opportunity you know late in the game and get that opportunity to do something like that. You, know, you kind of wait, you kind of visualize, you see things unfold, and then boom, they happen right in front of you. So especially I, against the Dodgers so team, that was against, especially against the Dodgers. You know, being a being a national, you know, National League West rival, you know, for years, um, you know, it's a great rival to do it in Dodgers Stadium for Vince Scully. Man, also Miller to announce it, you know, some good announcers. You know, that those are some memories that, you know, will last me for a lifetime. I hope you got that ball. I know you got that ball. Oh, of course, oh, of course, of course you got that ball. After, after that season, uh you were DFA'd by San Fran. Uh ended up with I was the traded. I was traded. I wasn't DFA'd. You were traded. I was traded. You were traded. <laughs> Ended up with Baltimore and then spent a little time with the Dodgers. Eventually found your way back to the majors with the New York Mets. How, what was yeah. the feeling playing in New York for a team that sometimes is on and on. overlooked yeah. with the Yankees being in town? What was it like putting on a Met uniform and playing for the New York Mets? You know what? It was a great honor. You know, being a kid born and raised in the Bronx, not too far from not too far from the stadium growing up in Brodnick, you know, Pelham Parkway area. You know, my mom being a correctional officer at the time going back and forth to Rikers. Oh, what the- Other than 
from that, um, you know, being able to you know be a part of that city and put a major league uniform on in that city. You know, I grew up a Yankee fan, but sorry, but oh, you, know, you were you were damn to close to Yankee Stadium, so yeah, I I know. So it's like as far as being able to be in that um, position, I guess you know to put play against the Yankees in Yankee Stadium, wear a New York uniform, ride the subway to New York, you know to the stadium, you know, have my friends, see my family, have my family there call away, drive from the turnpike. Um, it was truly something special, man. It's something that, you know, I, 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 I love it. I love the fact that I was a part of it. I love the fact that I was a part of that, that, that playoff 2015 run with them. Um, it was great. You know, it was great memories signing with them. Not in that free agent deal. When they called, I was super ecstatic. And like you said, you were part of that 2015 playoff team. You were brought up early on in the year. I think it was around May. And uh, I just want to know, how was that locker room? How did the, I, the change in momentum, you know, midway through the year, how was that locker room vibe, like, going in towards the playoff push? Um, I'll tell you what. The, the playoff push alone, the playoff push alone getting in, going in from, we're going from, because hmm, it was a race. After we came back from LA, um, like late July, we kind of started making a run. Late August, started chipping away, started catching up to Washington. And then all of a sudden, late August, September, you know, we took the division lead and we ended up, you know, running away with a couple games with division lead to win the division in Clinching in Cincinnati. Um, it, you know, that clubhouse, that group of guys, um, it was young, it was, you know, David being around with Kadire, you know, some veteran, solid veteran presence in that locker room. Um, it was great. It was awesome. I learned a lot of, you know, as a player, being around those guys, that's when kind of Murphy kind of took offense himself. Yeah, he had a hell of a postseason. Yeah, it was unbelievable. And then the following year after that, you know, he put on the, you know, the hitter that he is is unbelievable and then Conforto comes into his own you know, those guys started to develop Spencer that month that, that run that he had late September August oh my god he had like 70 home runs in the month of August <laughs> oh yeah that was I want to ask you DK, hold on and the dude didn't take DP the entire month on the field really right? really yeah, right so he was now. just going in and just doing his thing the dude didn't take BP out one day in August outside. Didn't even and hit occasionally in the cage. Wow. It Jeez. was something spectacular what he was doing. My gosh. I wish he could do that again. <laughs> so we see a Mets team now like ramping up to make a push. Do you see any similarities between this year's Mets team and the Mets team you were a part of back in twenty fifteen? Yeah, they got a little bounce now. You got, you got a little, I like the fact that they're going young, you know, and, and the fact that McNeil and, and Alonzo is coming to their own. Um, you know, I was, I, I'm sure a lot of Mets fans were upset that he wasn't called up in September, but I'm sure as hell they're happy that he's up there right now. Um, with McNeil playing the way he's playing with those multiple positions, and, and you know, I like that that J.D. Davis move, I thought last year playing against him and, and, and in AAA, um, that 
got a really they stole and got a really good player that in JD Davis. I mean, the kid like four seventeen in three months in AAA, and didn't even sniff the big leagues. And because he had Tyler White and he had Gutierrez, uh, uh, what's his name, the the first baseman for the Astros, the Cuban, um, and then Uresti, yeah, Uresti, and they had Tyler White platooning at first. So like, there wasn't a spot for him, and he played third base. And Bregman ain't going anywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so. In, in 2017, you decided to take your baseball playing career to South Korea. What is the thought process that goes into that decision? Because I, I can't imagine it's an wow. easy one for you. Wow. I mean, that's a good question. As far as the, the thought process that goes into Making a decision like that, obviously, you, you know you're going to go into a new new world, uh, a new culture as far as meeting new people and the adjustments that you have to make, the time change, um, as far as training and preparing to leave a month earlier. Um, there's a lot of things that go into that. I mean, that's a really tough question, but as far as, you know, obviously they throw some really good money to the players to try to get them to go over there and play. Um, but I knew that for a fact that I wanted to get an opportunity to also play overseas. But, you know, not too many catchers from the show. I guess from the American side, just USA baseball you know, is not the same over there because they don't take too many catchers. So I was more of an offensive-minded catcher in the sense of what the organization has portrayed of me or said of me. Um, so as far as those teams realizing that I had a good bat, left-handed bat, you know, they wanted to you know, bring me over. And they decided to do that. I got a call from my agency, and I was playing in winter ball that year. And so they were like, hey, would you consider playing overseas in South Korea? And there's, there's a couple of teams that are interested. And I'm like, sure. Like, Just the opportunity, too. Yeah, it's a great opportunity. I'm coming off a great year in AAA. I mean, I'm like, you know, I have good numbers, but why not? You know, I have nothing to lose. I'm a left-handed catcher. Why not? I can take a, a year to go over there and play. And I did. Went over there and played and experienced a whole new culture, experienced a whole new style of baseball. Um, and also, being with a squad that was, or an organization that was in a, um, I guess rebuilding phase or building phase brand new franchise so it's about three, three four years old that franchise already five years old so they were building and, and, and developing their own players so you know as far as not having a squad and the communication factor not being there um, it was definitely tough and you know it's an experience that you know I tried it I did it and I don't regret it you know it was something that I learned I learned their culture there was some it sounds like it sounds like you really enjoyed the experience over there and it, it, I guess that's just what every baseball player going over there is looking for to enjoy themselves and just get back to just playing baseball yeah I mean that's what it is being able to to be able to share the game and bring your style to another world that plays completely style the game 
So you, you, you respect the game. How much they respect the game? How much they they go about it? How hard they work, man. You've loved. You've been in love with this game your whole life. A year ago, uh, on the 4th, August 4th, 2018, you announced your retirement from baseball. What do you look back on in your baseball career and that you could say you're most proud of? Oh, man. Straight down. Uh, as far as proud, I think just me, you know, believing in myself and... and, and at a very young age, knowing that what I wanted to do from the jump, um, being able to have my family there and my mom, my dad, the support, just that drive and that, and that positive support that I had from my family, um, to to encourage me to believe in that I could I could do it, you know. And and there was times where you know it was hard, and there was times where I was doing well and doing well, and, and still nothing to show for it, but like. Still getting after it, turned myself into a prospect and, and got to the big league. So, as far as overcoming the odds, like and doing it, like I, I would just encourage a lot of young boys out there and young men out there to, you know, don't give up. If you believe in yourself, you know, strive to be the best and and, and, and have extreme confidence within yourself and live a positive lifestyle to to also one day give back and, and all that you learn and all the experiences you learn to you know be the, the human that you are today so and that's that's what I'm in you know right now the mindset of, as far as giving back and teaching but, and, and encouraging these young men to, to believe in themselves and, and, and go about their business because you know anything's possible man I, I was just a kid born and raised in the Bronx you know New York City public schools Helen Parkway area in the Bronx. No special treatment and, there growing up, just hard work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's just, you know, getting drafted out of high school was a huge accomplishment, and then go, going to, um, being, and going to a college and, and getting a full scholarship, that was a big deal. Um, you know, not putting the burden on my family to, you know, pay all that stuff, you know, and, and jammed up with, um, you know, or even student debt. I mean, yeah. So as far as putting myself in a position, you know, what the game has done for me and what I've done, like I have no regrets in the world. I'm very proud of what I've done, and 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 all the people, all the coaches, all those people that stayed late and worked with me, and you know, all those people that sacrificed those time and 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 told me, you know, to support me to you know go about myself. Like I am, and I am the person I am because of those people today. And uh, one one last question for you is: uh, so within your time in the MOB, I just wanted to know who was your mo- who was the most dynamic pitcher that you've worked with, and maybe in game that you just you know was your either favorite pitcher to uh, to work with, or you know whatnot like that. That's not fair. <laughs> um, I I, uh, I mean, obviously, when I went over to New York and played with the the New York Mets, um, Noah. Matt at that time those two that, that combo have, even having Lugo in the back end of our bullpen in AAA which is Elman in AA Montero throwing 95-97 you know I mean at that time you have a lot of things going on but as far as being in an organization like that I think I had the most fun catching 
with those guys just because um, the kind of stuff that they possessed as far as power, late action movement, finesse, being able to spot up and, and make a pitch in a big time jam. Um, you know, even when Harvey, you know, I know Harvey didn't have the best year, but, you know, when he had signs of old Harvey, oh my God, you know what I mean? Like, it was something spectacular to watch, just know that in And even now, people thought that, oh my God, they got Strowman with, they got Strowman, they're going to get rid of Noah. I thought completely the other way. Like, I was the same I way. Sure <laughs> thought, I, I, I for sure thought, like, Yo, at the deadline, at the deadline, six games back, like, anything can happen in August, boys. Oh, yeah. Anything that's a power move the right there. And adding a guy like Strowman, I'm very excited to see how he pitches. He's going into a free agent year. They gave him a stage to basically say, hey, I'm a free agent next year. He's a flamboyant character. He's a guy that wants the stage. And they gave it to him. Here, yeah. They gave him that stage. They what? They gave him that stage. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, on top of that, I hope he comes with it. Because on top of that, you have Noah, DeGrom, Lugo, and then you throw in Strowman, who's got nasty swing and stuff. (laughs) I mean, it's going to be tough for the National League East. And I think that, I don't think it's going to be a tough with the wild card. It's going to be a tough, interesting game with the Central being involved as the Cardinals and Cubs like they always do, even though with the Brewers. But you never know, man. With September being in it, with the new dynamic of not having a full 40-man roster, it's going to play a toll. Anything, anything a toll can happen. Anything can happen because how do you how do you prepare down the stretch where you never had something like this before without a forty man roster in September? Exactly. How do you prepare? How do you get ready like that? And how do you get ready now and not give up games to to give up standing position? So it's tough. Well, Johnny, we want to thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it was so nice talking to you today, and we want to wish you the best in everything your post baseball life has for you. And uh, that. just thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you to Johnny Monell for coming on the show. It was a really fun interview. Great guy. Yeah. We're going to wrap up this episode now with some hot takes like we always do. Now there's there's quite a range of topics here for hot takes. We want to go that Antonio Brown route. Yep. We want to go that Daniel Jones route. We're just take it off to a different sport. Yeah. Who's got one? I, I'll, I'll I'll go first okay. here. So I'm going to say Daniel Jones doesn't play this year. Mm. That's going to be tough after yeah. seeing that last night, especially if he keeps that going. But he wins MVP first year starting. Wow. Okay. I, here's what's going to happen with Daniel Jones. I think he'll play next game like more. Oh, yeah. yeah. He'll play maybe and a full quarter. I think he'll be decent enough that the coaches will take him out not to start a quarterback controversy. Yeah, that's I can not see a hot that. take. That's just what I think is going to happen. Well, I, I think at the end of the day, all the Giants fans know Manning is playing this year. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. If they are, yeah. if they are two and six again, maybe not the whole out. year, but he's playing. Yes, he's, he's starting the season as a start unless there's an injury. Yes, injury Which or is. it's two and six start again. You can yeah. see him coming at the end again of the game. Yeah, I could see towards the end of the year if uh, Manning's like looking a little fatigued, he could st- uh, step in for a game or two. But I don't see Manning doing that. No. 
<laughs> no, 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 no. Tom, do you have one? Uh, the Giants will go three and one in the preseason. That's not. It's one. just preseason. None of that matters. Get a real hot take. Daniel Jones <laughs> yeah. will throw for a thousand yards. When in preseason year, or next year? Okay. Only a thousand. That's not a lot. Four thousand yards okay. next year. Right. That's a hot take. <laughs> that doesn't really go hand in no hand. Picks. Winning every, well, really, no picks. No picks. All right. So there you go. There Fifty you go. touchdowns. Fifty touchdowns. No picks. Four thousand. I'm shooting. So he's for shooting the for. Peyton Manning. That's better than Peyton Manning. That's, 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 that's Drew Brees numbers right there. Wow. Yeah, that's true. I can see it. It'll be fine. I hope I hope he proves everybody that hated him on him wrong. Yeah. He made some more fans last night. Yeah. yeah. Well, I felt so bad for him after he got booed off the f- uh, baseball mound in Yankee Stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that's not his fault. You got to support him. So I need one? Yep. Well, after seeing the Giants' second, uh, the Giants' wide receiver core last night, it leads me to believe there's a little more depth there than there's a lot of guys thought. that made some great plays. Um, I say Reggie White Jr. Uh, catches for 800 yards this year and five touchdowns. He's that seems from, like a that's yeah. from Monmouth. Yeah, he's from Monmouth. Seems like a pretty decent assumption for somebody who's an undrafted yeah. free agent. There were a couple of guys uh, playing last night that were from the area. Camp, so. They've signed like a couple of like homegrown yeah. guys that were from Jersey, so I, I like that. Yeah. So we're not touching the whole Antonio Brown thing? Uh, he's going to play this year. I There's no doubt so. in my retires mind. retires after week 12. Midway through the season. I say yeah. he retires before uh, the start of the season. Cool. If they don't let him use that helmet, I, I could see him being just stubborn play. as hell. The money's yeah, too much. I, see it. I think it's too much money to turn down. And... If they say Antonio Brown can't play, then the Raiders can file agreements with the league. Yeah, they because they just acquired him. Yeah, and now he's not playing. Yeah, if he re- if he retires before he even touches the regular season, uh, like even games, the preseason field. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, I I for the Raiders, I would just be terrible. Like I'd yeah. be pissed. All right, so we'll see you next Tuesday. Um, yep. Kyle should be back by then. We'll be diving into more. Divisions. I will not be here. You will not be here. So we'll get your picks for the divisions. We're gonna break down. Oh yeah next week so uh we'll see you then yep